You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of One on One with former Chiefs Jeff Allen and Mike DeVito. 17 years of NFL experience between them, including eight with Andy Reid. One on One is proudly presented by Cookie Society. And now, the latest episode of One on One with Jeff Allen and Mike DeVito. Chiefs Kingdom, welcome back to One on One, a KC Sports Network podcast. I am your co-host, Mike DeVito, here as always with nine-year NFL veteran and Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl champion Jeff Allen. And we are here to bring you all things Chiefs football from a player's perspective. Big Jeff, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. It's good to be back on, man. It's our second episode. Got some football right around the corner. We got some big-time preseason games coming up. Rolling, man. Rolling. Quick, before we get into it, Big Jeff, Cookie Society, our sponsor. We're so grateful for you guys. You talked about the menu last week. Anything new? Any news? Anything going on for August? Just a reminder of what's what, what's coming out. Man, we, we got some really good flavors right now. We have a rice crispy treat cookie, a, a strawberry toaster strudel cookie, a Texas sheet cake cookie, a peanut butter and jelly cookie. Um, I'm actually gonna do a promo for everyone that listens to one on one. I'm gonna give you guys fifty percent off. Oh, but if, only if you listen to this podcast, and I'm gonna leave it up for a few days. That way you can redeem it. But all you have to do is. Type in one on one. Spell it out completely. No spaces. O n e o n o n e. One on one. No spaces. Fifty percent off. That way you can give it a try if you haven't yet. Big Jeff, you guys are the best. That is so cool. I'm gonna take advantage of that. And Jeff, are you guys still doing the merch, right? We're still doing the merch. This is the best fitting T-shirt, and I'm I'm a T-shirt snob. This is the best fitting T-shirt I own. I'm telling you guys, this stuff is awesome. Check it out, man. Check it out. CookieSociety.com. Make sure to check them out. We're incredibly grateful. And like Big Jeff hooking you up, make sure to type in one-on-one in the promo. Get that 50% off. Jeff, you're the man, brother. Thank you, bro. Great appreciate it. All right, brother, let's get into it. I think the first thing we start off is the stuff with Eric Vietnamy. So Ron Rivera comes out. He's talking about how some of the guys, and I guess this is something that he came out with on his own. This wasn't asked by a reporter or anything like that. This is something Ron Rivera shared at a press conference um, that some of the guys are having trouble dealing with Eric Vianney's coaching style. So lots to say about this. Jeff, before we start, talk to me about your experience. Obviously, you know EB uh, and have a very close relationship with him. You've played yeah. you know, in that system with him. So talk to me, brother. What, what's EB like as a coach? EB is definitely a tough coach. <laughs> let's 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 say that for sure. But he's also going to have your back by no one in the building. Like he's going to love right. you, um, and he's not going to just tear you down. He's also going to build you back up. He's that type mm-hmm. of guy. Um, and I've dealt with DB um, for a long time. Like he was the running back coach when I first got there. Then he became the office coordinator. I was in the building while he was that, um, and he was the same exact guy. Mm. He's not going to change because because of its role because of I guess his title, he's going to be the same tough coach that's going to get the best out of each player, and he's going to ride you. And, um, yeah, that doesn't work for some guys personality-wise. Like, I was a guy with thick skin. I guess it's the era that I played in. You know, my uncle was my coach my entire career in high school. Right. Um, He was always over me, so I'm used to tough coaching, right? So, for me, it didn't bother me like it may bother some of those guys in Washington. But there's a consensus 
you know, you know, in the Chiefs building, like everyone knows EB's a tough coach, but everybody knows that he's a great coach, that he loves you. Right. And um, it's a part of the process. So right. I, I, I kind of, I understand the culture shock that these guys are having if they haven't dealt with a guy like EB before, but it's also like, come on, man, it's kind of soft, you know? Yeah. Well, no, and, and no, and we're going to get into that in a second, but I do, just going back to EB, the one thing I remember from my experience being in Kansas City was I didn't, you know, get to work with EB directly, but I got to see EB coach, and I, I've said it on here before how much I wish, you know, I was like, I want to go play running back just because I want to play for EB. And I think the one thing that makes EB so special is he he will dog cuss you on the field, but then when you walk off, you're you know it doesn't it never carries off. He now your bro, you know what I mean. Your brothers, he's like he you know he loves you. And Carl Dunbar, the D line coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he was my D line coach in when I was with the Jets, and considered by many to be one of the best D line coaches uh, you know out there. Um, him and EB are good friends and they had the same coaching style. And so Carl would cuss me out on the field, but then we get off, off the field and it's like, Hey, what's up? We go get something to eat. We're hanging out. We're laughing. It's like, and so it was all business. It's business. And you understand like business is going to function a certain way, but then there's a brotherhood that, that's all behind us. And, and you know, when, when business is done, we're going to, we're going to hang. And, and he did. I knew he loved me. Like, I still know he loves me. And I know EB is like that with his players. And so yeah. um, that's what's so obvious. And that's why it's pretty surprising that this is coming out. But to your point, and I've heard this from numerous people, and we won't get into names, but it just seems like, and, and I hope this doesn't sound like old man yelling at the clouds right now, <laughs> Jeff, but it just seems like some of these younger players, newer players, this newer generation, they are, well, they're incredibly emotionally intelligent. They're incredibly intelligent. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are smart, smart guys. Great football um, players. Great football players. But, like, they, they, I mean, there are times they're soft as Charmin. I mean, if, like, if I had to get into a street fight uh, and I had to pick some some guys to do it i wouldn't pick from this generation you know what i mean yeah. this, these are just you don't have that guy anymore and so it's interesting now when you have a coach like eb you know do you have to tailor does you know is it on eb now to change a little bit i don't know what talking i mean we've had different we've dealt with different coaches dealt with different yeah coaches styles. i mean i would I, I would say this i would say every single coaching staff needs a coach like eb Right, that they're, 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 they're gonna hold guys accountable. That are, are gonna be tough at times um, because it does get the best out of guys for the most part. But, but the difference between EB being a tough coach and some guy being a tough coach to detriment is EB he may you know ride you, but he's gonna build you up. Right. Right. It's different when a guy is gonna continually ride you. He's gonna be all on you. You get off the field. Right. He's not gonna say a word to you. He's gonna continue to get yeah, down. down. That that's 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 terrible coaching, right? That's not coaching. That's right. that's not tough tough coaching. That's just a terrible fucking person, right? Right. He's a good yeah, dude. Exactly. That's a tough coach. It's and that's right. a difference. Um. So I, I want people to understand that, but you know that's needed on, you know, in every single coaching staff, right? It can't be the entire coaching staff, but it has to be one guy that's willing to, you know, be an alpha among alphas, yeah. you know, as a yeah. coach, right? 
it's right. tough to stand in front of a guy like Jamal Charles, who's had a hell of a career, and tell him he's right. doing something wrong, right? He, he ain't going to be afraid. Yeah. He's not afraid to do those types of things. He don't care yeah. if it's Patrick Mahomes, right? And we've seen and them argue before. Messed up. Right? Exactly. Like, yeah. that, that. That's EB. But at the end of the day, you hug and you make up, and everybody loves him, right? Because right. when you look back on it, like, man, like, it sucked in the moment, but I actually got better from it. Exactly. And that, exactly. that's why it's so important to have a guy like him. But then you got to have a guy like Ron Revere or Andy Reid, who's more even kill, who's more laid back, um, right. who's a different, a totally different style than, than, than that Eric being to me. So exactly. it's a balance, man. It's about balance. Right. And that's interesting. That point right there as a, as a head coach, sort of how you build your staff, right? It's like, not only are you looking at the sort of ability to coach, but the personalities of the coaches, right? And to make sure you're mixing and matching where you don't have a bunch of drill sergeants, but you also don't have a bunch of fluffy guys. It's like good cop, yeah. bad cop kind of thing. Like you yeah, have that's right. friends of different, co- you know? Um, yeah, exactly. But it just reminded me, and I wish I had talked to this person because I would ask them if I could use their name. Um, but I'm so I'll, I'll keep this as a sort of anonymous story. But I recently went to a football camp with a uh, one a, D, a D-line coach that I had in the league that's still coaching in the league. And this guy just... This is a guy that would MF you on the field, off the field. And this was a, and he's a bad dude. I mean, he's a tough, bad dude. And uh, we've been going to the same football camp from when I was playing all the way through just for, for the past two decades. We've been going to this football camp um, that's put on for underprivileged kids. And he's always there with me and we, we work it together. Now, up until this year, he would go to this camp and be dog cussing everybody just like he did as a you know coach in the league that I remember just being, you know, my goodness, he would dog cuss everybody all the time, all the time. There's no getting away from it. And this year we show up and um, we're going through the camp. And again, I've seen him every time we go to this camp, he's yelling at these kids from the second we get there to the second they get done. We go to this camp this year, Jeff, he doesn't, he isn't even, he's smiling, he's walking around, he's, you know, tapping guys, he's not yelling, he's not dog cussing, he's not making guys run, he's not, no, and this, these are high school kids, right? <clears throat> and so I went over and asked him, I said, are you, I was like, are you okay? Like, what, what's, what's going on? Like, you haven't, you haven't MF'd anybody today. And he said, Mike, he's like, I have, I've had to totally change my style. He said, even in the league, I, you can't do that anymore because yeah. these kids just won't respond. They will not respond to it. NFL players won't respond to college. He's like, they're few and far between now. You have to be, if he's a, if I'm going to give somebody negative criticism, I have to make sure I've told them at least three or four good things that they've done before I give them negative criticism. I did, and I guess, and just so when I saw, and I, all this is interesting that, uh, you know, I just thought about it now, but it plays in perfect what you're saying. And I was just thinking, if this guy is going to change his style, this guy, I would have thought, never would have changed his style. I didn't think he could. But if he recognized that he had to, in order to, to get across to these guys, I mean, I just don't know, Big Jeff. I just wonder, like, again, I go back, do you think a- a- any of this is on EB? Say, hey, maybe. And I don't yeah, agree I mean, with it. No, but I mean, it's, 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 it's um, evolution, right? Yeah, it'd be like a coach being stuck in his ways from the, you know, early '90s, ground and pound type of offense, and saying, "I don't give a shit what the game's doing right now. I'm not spreading them out. 
I'm gonna have a fullback, two tight ends, and I'm gonna just run the ball and, and oh, I wish that could exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, but but it, it, it's tough to win. It's with not that. gonna work. It's not gonna, it's work, not gonna yeah. work, right? As much you can you can chew the clock and do all those things, but in this league, you have to score points. So you know you have to adapt your coaching staff schematically. So personality wise, I think you know there's gonna come a time where guys need to look in the mirror and say, okay, it's different personalities now in the league. Um, right. And it starts early in youth football, right? Just the way guys are coaching is different, right? All the way up to college. like, And then you get to the pros. That's why these kids aren't used to that type of coaching. We grew up with that type of coaching, and um, we got results from it. So we're used to it, and we don't have a problem with it. But for this generation, I can understand, like, hey, these guys haven't dealt with this type of stuff. They haven't been put right. in these situations. They're not used to this type of fire. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's going to be a culture shock when they deal with a guy when they're, they're not a lot of those types of guys left. So the guys that are left are either going to have to adapt or they're going to get left. Right. And you know, and I, I got to call myself out here too, because, you know, and you just say in this, you know, it clicked for me. I'm complaining about these kids, you know, these, these men not being like that, but then the ways, I, the way I raised my own kids is very I'm, much like. I'm, I'm totally, I'm, I'm totally the opposite of mom. Of my parents, like oh <laughs> man, my my dad, my dad Vinny from Brooklyn. You know my grandparents from Italy. Like yeah, there was no like, hey, you okay? There was like, I'll talk to you when you're 18. You know yeah. that was that was the deal. So but, like totally different, you know. But that it, it's just the entire society in a whole, right? There's like yeah. way more of an emphasis on mental health now yeah. than there ever was, which is which is great, right? Mental health is yeah. Very much real. We've all dealt with it. It's a it's a human being issue, um, but guys are understanding um, the mental health aspect of life in general. So that spilled over into football. Football, there was no balance there. No one believed in mental health with it when it came to football back in the day. That didn't exist. Let alone, you know, you know, cared about a guy's feelings on the football. Right. So um, it's just a different time, and that's not to say that it's bad, but. There needs to be balance, right? Stress is right. stress is a good thing to a certain extent, right? You need stress to grow. It's right. just like when you work out, what are you doing? You're stressing your muscles. You're stressing your system in order to grow, right? But if you overwork, you overexert yourself, it can lead to injury. That's the same thing with mental stress. Like right. there's a certain point that you have to get to to become better uh, mentally. But if you overexert yourself, then you start, you know, dealing with you know mental health issues. So. It's just finding balance and not going one way or the other. It's just a, right. a middle ground with it. Ah, that's exactly right. That's great, Big Jeff. We could talk about this all day. Let's get into some Chiefs, uh, some actual Chiefs stuff. But before we do that, let's get a word from our sponsor. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, brother. So we're back. Let's talk Chiefs coming up on the first preseason game, okay? Yeah. Um, you know, even before we even get into the Chiefs, I just want to tell you, I can't stand preseason games, especially the first two. And here's why, Big Jeff. Um, even though I know you, we're, you know, the starters aren't going to play a ton of reps, what are, how many? How much do we play in the first? One series. One series, and then what? Maybe it, it says one quarter, but it's usually one series. It's usually one series. And has that stayed true, even getting rid of the third preseason, the fourth preseason game? Um, you know what? I haven't paid attention, to be honest with I you. Maybe. Maybe they play a little bit longer, um, but it's not going to be very long. Maybe I guess it really wouldn't affect the starters. I wonder if you. I wonder if they bring the younger guys in earlier in yeah. those games. You know, yeah, but it probably hasn't affected the starters. But that being said, you have you know the first preseason game. Normally, the starters play about one series. Second preseason game, they play about one quarter into the second quarter. Sometimes you go to the half. Um, and then the third preseason game plays out more like a regular season game, where you play all the way through the half, one one quarter in the second half, uh, in the third quarter, one series in the third yeah. quarter, but you actually game plan for that game. Those first two games I hated, and because my whole game was predicated on studying film, like that's how I was able to be successful. I was able to get an advantage of studying film. You don't watch any film on these guys. You know, you don't do any film study. There's no, there's no time. So like, you have to make time to do it. Um, but I just I couldn't stand it because I I always seem to have not very average games in those first and second preseason games just because it just I just felt I wasn't tuned into what was going on. You know, brother. I don't know. What did how did you? What did you? What are your overall feelings about preseason football games from a player? Um, you know, being a veteran guy, I hated it. Um. But I love it for the young guys. I was so excited to see, you know, these guys working so hard in camp, get an opportunity to go out there and show it on film against an opponent, um, not just for, you know, the Chiefs or whatever team I was playing with them at the time, but all the other organizations throughout the league. Um, and that's what it's about. This is about young guys getting opportunities, about young guys going out, showing what they can do. And we got a lot of young guys um, offensively right, um, that need to go out there and, you know, put something on tape. And, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Co uh, Coach Nagy was talking about in his press conference today how they knew that Mahomes was going to be a stud yeah. from what they saw in the preseason. Some of the plays he was making, some of the things he was he was doing, they knew. They're like, oh, man, <laughs> this this dude's for real. Did you hear anything about – I know you came in yes. the next year when he was already a story, but what? What were those stories like about Pat Mahomes in the the early the before times? What was played, like? So we played um, Kansas City and Houston when I was in Houston, and before the game or the day before the game, I saw a lot of the guys. Um, you know, right outside the hotel, we I lived down the road, so I came up to meet a couple guys, and all they kept talking about was this kid that wasn't playing. I'm like, yeah, we got Alex. <laughs> 
But listen, man, this kid that we got behind him is going to be yeah. special. He's doing some crazy things in practice. Right. Um, he's he's unbelievable. Um, the plays they were making we haven't seen before. Um, because I was concerned. I'm like, why do you draft this guy? Alex is great. I loved Alex. Right. Yeah. I loved his leadership. You know, I thought Alex could eventually win us a Super Bowl. So I'm like, why the hell did we waste, you know, a high pick on a quarterback and we could get another weapon for him? But they're like, nah, listen, like this dude's the future. This this is definitely probably gonna be Alex's last year because he's special and we, we're seeing it. I mean, two Super Bowl MVPs, two two regular season MVPs, broke every record. Um, he's just an all time great. Right. It, and it's so interesting because I had the same conversation with guys that year. So I went down, they went to, uh, I think they played the Jets in New York and I went down to see them uh, at the hotel. And the same thing from the guys was, you know, and from others was like, yeah, no, Alex is good and we'll see how this year goes. But like Mahomes is going to be the guy. You know, it's yeah. like they knew from practice. And so that's what the preseason's all about. I mean, that like you said, it's for these young guys to go out there and show what they can do. The Pat, you know, Pat Mahomes solidified his spot basically in the what in the preseason during practice, and then that one game against Denver, and they knew, yeah, this is it. This is yeah. I mean, so every there was consensus that if he would have played his first year, he he would have been great. Then. When I'm happy he didn't because he was able to learn from Alex. Like, right, made him much better being able. Even though he would have been good enough to start his first year, would have had a pretty good season. Him sitting behind Alex and learning how to be a pro and learning how to study, and and learning you know what it's like to be a professional quarterback, it, it helped him a lot. And Pat talks about it all the time. I wasn't in the building at the time, but I know how you know how Alex operates. You know, how right. I'm an organization, you know, and for him to be able to reach back and help a younger guy. And give him, you know, every single nugget that he could um, to give him success. That that speaks volumes about him. And it's really, it's really special. And for whatever reason, at that position, um, just from what I've seen, like you see the Peyton Mannings, the Tom Brady's, the Brett Favre was notorious for this. Um, it's like they're when they when they're asked, "Are you mentoring the guy underneath you?" I think Flacco was also like the yeah. Most of these quarterbacks will say, well, no, I don't give a shit about what. It's not my job. It's not my job. You know what I mean? It, it always blew me away because I don't know. I was so fortunate to have, and you've talked about the older guys, like the older guys that we had, especially at this time being a rookie in the league and you're getting ready for the preseason game, having these older guys to coach you up, to train you up, to get you ready, um, to learn from that are there to, to share wisdom for you. Uh, and they, not only that, but they're intentional about it, right? I had guys go out of their way to help me become a better player. Sean Ellis is one guy that's, you know, Sione Pua, all these older guys, Chris Jenkins, um, who went out of their way. In fact, you know, a big-time Kansas City guy, Eric Hicks. We've had him on the show. Hicksy uh, was in my first year with the Jets, and, um, you know, you know, all the time, Hicksy would come up to me and, and just, you know, teach me and show me, this is how you be a pro. This is how you study the game. This is how you practice. This is what you should look for here. Do this here. Don't do that there. Um, it, but it just seems like at the quarterback position, that's not the case. So all the way to your point, I loved it that Alex, the way he said, and he, he probably knew that that was it. He, cause yeah. he's doing the same thing that everybody else. Saw the practice. He saw practice too. <laughs> everybody uh, you know, watch practice. Everybody. Wa and so it's just, uh, yeah, you just love that man. You know what I mean? And, and it's not, and, and Alex is the, is the sort of paradigm, but that's everybody in that, in that chief's locker room. I mean, has there yeah. been, 
very few ego guys that have come through there in the in the Andy Reid era, right? I mean, most of the guys have the same mindset as an Alex Smith, where it's like they care more about the team than they do their own sort of job security. Uh, yep. And they care more of the other guys under them. So, yeah, no, that's uh, – but all of that to say, back to, you know, Mahomes learning in, during the preseason, them seeing what he was about. And there's so many guys on this roster. We talked about the youth on this roster. So many young guys that are that have to prove themselves in these games. And we've talked about how, especially the undrafted free agents, the guys who got drafted in late rounds, they haven't had a lot of time to show what they can do. Some of those guys missed OTAs and you know this, that, and the other. This is that small window that they have to separate themselves and make a name for themselves uh, in the NFL, and hopefully with the Chiefs. But as as Nagy said today in his press conference, your the job for a lot of these young guys is to make cutting you a very difficult decision for us and make it easy for the other thirty one teams to pick you right up if we do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? And so. Who are you looking at? Are there any specific guys you're looking at in this group? They're saying, "I'm curious to see what this guy does in these preseason games." I want to see. I want to see what Kennard does. I see he's he's a guard now. Yeah. Um. So they're they're looking for some flexibility from him. Um. They're trying to make him that swing guy. So if he's able to play tackle and guard, he'll solidify that. Um. But I, I want to see his development because I really think he's a good football player, and I think he has an opportunity to down the road to be a starter for us. Right. Um, and then I'm also looking at um, looking at Ross, man, Justin Ross. Like, yeah, all the plays he's been making throughout camp. Um, we know about his college career, you know how explosive he was in that national championship game against Alabama. All of those, you know, superstars in the secondary there who are now NFL pros. Mm. Um, but you know, he got hurt. He's dealt with injuries, so I'm looking forward to some live action and seeing him have some success during a real game, even though it's preseason. That can you know, add to his confidence and, and, and kind of roll over it to the regular season. Yeah, no doubt. I'm looking at uh, Coburn, the um, D, the DT from Texas okay. uh, that they drafted. He, uh, DJ and I, I've talked to him, I've talked about him a bunch on here, and DJ and I broke uh, broke down his film in the offseason, his film from Texas, and I, I can't believe this dude got drafted in the sixth round. I mean, Jeff, he looks like a first-round player. He's so disruptive. You know, he's at Texas too. I mean, he's at you know, he's 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 you know, so it's not like playing in some one you know Division One or Two school. I mean, this dude's playing with the best, and he's killing yeah. it. Um, and so I'm really excited to see what he brings. And I think this is cool as an element for the fans to sort of. I know these games can be, you know, they seem meaningless, and uh, you know, you're watching the second and third string play a lot. But one way that they can make it more interesting is look into the, some of these guys' stories and see, you know, that, you know, especially some of these younger guys that are trying to make the team. Now you can go out and look at a guy and see, you know, how, how does he do? Does he give himself a chance? There's much more, there's more drama there. Uh, when you see actually how much, you know, even though these games might not seem like much when you're watching them on TV, because the preseason game doesn't matter for towards the record or anything like that, it matters to so many guys in that locker room, you know, so it adds another element of, of paying attention and, and enjoying those games, seeing how the guys are doing. But, uh, but yeah, all right, Big Jeff, we will uh, we will go to a break real quick, and then we'll finish up with some more Chief stuff. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. 
Just search KC Sports Network. All right, Big Jeff, to finish out the episode today, let's talk about sort of the elephant in the room. It's been the elephant in the room for a while now, and that's the Chris Jones situation. We have um, some uh, cryptic tweets have come out. Talk to me, brother. What's going on here, man? You worried? What was the tweet, and should we be worried? Uh, uh, yeah, listen. Listen, man, it's it's not good. No, I'm just, I'm just joking. He's out. <laughs> Chris he's always... He knows what he's doing, man. Like he, he always tweets, "I love you, KC." Right? He does that all the time. It's not a new tweet. Um, he shows his, his appreciation for the Chiefs kingdom. So I don't think that's a big deal. I do think um, the longer this thing goes, man, it it, it kind of worries me in a sense because he's willing to give up a lot of money. And according to the the you know the new you know rules by the PA, they can't waive these these um, fines. Are you serious? They can't waive them. Like. They can't wave him, so he's losing 50k a day, and I don't know what the total is right now, but I know he's he's getting toward getting close to you know I know he's over a half a million right now. I mean, it's been over 10 days. I don't know how many days we are in the camp, but he's going to be trending toward a million dollar fine. Um, and that's why the guys now they do what, what we call a um, what was it called? They instead of you know missing camp, they 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 come to camp. They just don't practice. And he's at 900 thousand right now. I just got. I just got the number live. He's at a $900,000 sign right now. So he's trending toward a million dollars. But all the players now, instead of sitting out, they're sitting in. That's what they said. So they yeah. come to camp, they just don't practice. But he's sending a message like, hey, I'm not here at all, which kind of worries me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, these, these things are tough. And, like, the one thing that the fans need to recognize is both the G, you know, the coaches, the GMs, uh, and on the opposite side, the players who are going through the contract situation, the agents, will try to use social media, press conferences, whatever, to as leverage within the um, debates or the, the debate within the um, contract negotiations that are going on behind the scenes. Right. So you see Andy Reid come out and be like, "Oh, you know, you know, see, he's disappointed," or. He's, tra- you know, he's showing emotion that, you know, I don't know what's going to happen and it's frustrating well, something like that. And well, then Chris is going to have to make a concession. Um, and if he wants to be a chief, right, I'm not telling him to do that. Do what's best for you, right? Like if you want to be at the top of the market and make the most money you can, it's probably not going to be in Kansas City, historically speaking. We just see how, you know, they do things and they understand it's, it's more forward thinking, more thinking about the future. I mean, a lot of dynasties, that's what they've done. I mean, New England, when they were at the top of the game, Tom Brady never took the top of the market money, oh, right? It started with him as the best player on the team, and then it trickled down from there. It's like, if Tom's doing it, we all need to do it to make sure we keep this band together so we can yeah. continue winning. And Pat is now doing the same thing. You see guys are buying into it, and the guys that don't buy into it and that want to get top of the market money, and you, that's, your right, you, that's your right, right? You can do it, right. but it ain't got to be here. And, and that's okay. I mean, that's just the business of it. Um, and that's the, uh, that's the chief stance. They've shown it to us over and over. We saw it with Tariq. Um, so hopefully, you know, he's still a chief. I don't want to lose Chris. He's our best defender, huge part of our team, great leader. But looking at it from a, a business standpoint, we know what the chief stance is, stance is, and they're not going to budge on that. Do you think, Chris, you know, given that you know Andy, you know, you know Andy Reid, and you know how he works and thinks and Veach as well, do you think Chris would have done himself? A favor if he had gone to 
and continue these negotiations so it showed up in practice? No, 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 no. I know why Chris is staying away, right? It's not because he wants to be away from the team. If he goes to camp and sits in, being around those coaches, being around the players, he's going to want to play, right? Yeah. It's his agent telling him, like, hey, look, look, it's business. The best thing you can do right now is take on these fines and stay away because if you get there, he's such a team guy, right? Him being there is going to – he's not going to care about the money at that point. He's going right. to I'm here. Like, I want to practice. I want to play. Right. So it's just a strategy. He's, he's listening to his agents, um, and he's just doing what's best for him. Um, you got but Like I said, you know the stance by the Chiefs. You know what they're going to do. You know how the front office operates. It's nothing wrong with it. It's just the way they operate, and that's why they win, right? Right. They're able to give themselves some flexibility with the cap. They're able to sign the players that they need, and they think about the future. They're not thinking about now. They're thinking about Creed. They're thinking about Trey. They're thinking about Snead. They're thinking about so many guys right, right now. Um, and if if they give Chris Toff for the market money, then they lose four or five quality players, great players that you know are, are big building blocks for the team. So. Right. I get it all, man. I get it. I get both sides. Well, you know, it gets more and more pessimistic as the time goes, but I still think it gets worked out by the end. Yeah, um, I do too. But you're right. Concessions have to be made. So we'll see how that plays out. But Chiefs Kingdom, here we go. We'll see you next week. Enjoy this. Is this first preseason game is coming up, right? It's like yeah, before we meet next. Okay. Yeah. So we'll talk about that first preseason game next week. Uh, breaking down more stuff with Chiefs training camp, and we're so close, regular season around the corner, ready to get going. Big Jeff, thank you for being here, brother. We love you. Chiefs Kingdom, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week with another episode of One on One. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.